Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet, and we also provide trustee services. Today, our guests are Jane Vitale and Thomas Frasina, who are part of the Mudigrees curriculum team at North Shore Animal League America. Welcome to the show, Jane and Thomas. Oh, thank you for having us, Peggy. Yes, We're really excited to be here with you. And I, I love your introduction, pet parent. Yes, we uh, love our uh, pet parents. Those, so. uh, those were words, uh, we talk about that, the nuances of words. It's not ownership, it's your guardian, your pet parent. Absolutely. So How would you like to earn real money for your organization every time you order pet food? Our friends at Dubert are at it again, revolutionizing new ways to help animal rescuers. With their new Dubert Forward program, you or your supporters can shop for the same pet foods that you order on other sites, and Dubert will pay 5% of the purchase directly back to your organization. That's more than 100 times what Amazon Smile pays, and there's no limit or crazy hoops to jump through. Just have your favorite animal organization sign up for free at dubert.com, and they'll automatically show up for you to select them when you shop. Check it out and learn more at www.dubert.com to get started today. Thank Let you. me tell people a little bit about the two of you. So I'm going to give um, our listeners a little bit of background. Jane earned her Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from the Boston Conservatory and previously worked in the entertainment industry. She joined the Educational Department of the North Shore Animal League America in 2011, where she develops partnerships with a variety of organizations, including schools, libraries, universities, hospitals, animal shelters, and other community organizations locally and across the globe. She develops experiential programs that promote and support the dissemination and implementation of the Mudigrees curriculum. She's joined by her colleague, Thomas, who earned a Bachelor of the Arts degree from Quinnipiac University and previously worked in the film and television industry. Thomas started working with the Mudigrees curriculum at North Shore Animal League America in 2019. And since then, he has helped develop programs in schools, libraries, summer camps, and youth groups. During COVID-19, he began holding Zoom meetings called town halls for students to connect with one another and share ideas as a part of the Mudigrees Global Ambassador Program. We're thrilled to have them with us today. In fact, this is them joining us a second time. We talked a few years ago, and um, we're going to get all updated on exactly what is a Mudigree. Mm -hmm. So a Mudigree is a play is a word that was designed by North Shore Animal League America to raise the status of shelter pets. Of course, it's a play on the word pedigree. 
And we wanted to, and we love our pedigrees as we rescue from commercial breeders once a month um, where, you know, pedigrees are being bred for monetary reasons only. And um, so we do love them. But what we're trying to say is there's gorgeous animals in your local shelter. So when you're looking for an animal, do not purchase an animal. We love the animals in the pet stores, but we want to stop these commercial breeding facilities. And why would you purchase a dog when there's all these beautiful animals at your local shelter? Yeah, and I think um, statistically, don't we know that about 25% of all animals in shelters are purebred animals? Right, that's correct, that's correct, that's correct. So if you do want a purebred, you don't have to feel, uh, oh, I have to go to a breeder, I have to go to a pet store. Please go to your local shelter first and shelters will work with you. You know, we do that all the time here. People come in and say, you know, I have an allergy, so I want a poodle or, and, you know, we get them pre-approved. We, we take their names and we wait, you know, they wait till we find the uh, dog that they're looking for. That's a match for their family. Well, I love that. Um, It's all about understanding that. Uh, well, I think all dogs are good dogs. So I don't care whether they're black, blue, purple, green, three-legged, four-legged, two-legged. Um, there's no such thing as a bad dog in my world. Bad people, um, not bad dogs. Exactly. Or bad circumstances <laughs> for both, right? Um, and so, we rescue them all. We're very, we're very lucky in that sense, if, if you don't mind, you know. When no, you absolutely. Um, you know, our mission at North Carolina Animal League America is to rescue, nurture, adopt, and educate. And we're so fortunate to have that nurture piece where we have a beautiful medical facilities on our campus. So we do not discriminate. We rescue the three-legged. We rescue the one-eyed. We rescue the sick. We rescue the dogs that are pregnant. We rescue the senior dogs. We rescue the dogs that are, and cats, that are the first to be put down in uh, shelters. We are one of the largest no-kill shelters in, in, in the world, really. So that's what we do. If an animal comes to us, they're in our care forever. If they are not adopted out, seniors are always tough to get adopted out. And um, we have a wonderful program, Senior for Seniors, that helps to you know, move the uh, senior dogs into wonderful loving homes. But um, yeah, we are a no-kill, no-kill shelter. Awesome. Well, and I think today we're going to focus a lot on the education piece um, and um, share with our listeners what you're doing on some of your unique programs, like your dogs in schools program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk about so that. We have um, we have over just about seventy dogs, Tommy, in New York City. Yeah, just about. I think I think seventy. And how many in Arizona now? Yeah. Six, six, 60, yeah, I think there's about 60. 60. And then we have California kind of throughout upstate New York, little by little, we're getting more dogs in schools. And this was a program that we developed actually in 2016 with um, the chancellor, Carmen Farina, uh, who was the chancellor of New York City Schools. And just so everybody out there knows, it's not like the dog goes and the dog is living at the school. There's a huge protocol. It's on our website. It would be too much to go into now. But basically what we do is we go in when someone wants a dog, we would go in and we would say, forget about the program. Who here has always wanted to adopt a dog, but stop themselves because the dog would be home alone all day. So what it is, is someone in the school is is identified who wants to adopt 
an animal for their family, becoming a pet parent. They are responsible for that dog. It's their dog, just like you have your dog. It's their dog. A lot of schools do financially help to support where they can, right. their school dog. And then it, we go through a training. There's a protocol at the school. There's a protocol even at home. And this program was deliberate in the way it was developed. And I say deliberate because we all know it's nothing new. Dogs visiting schools, visiting detention centers, visiting hospitals. But we call that, you know, that feel good moment. The dog comes in, you pat the dog, everybody feels good. There's that human animal bond. It's just a natural feel good moment. But we wanted to take it a step beyond that feel good moment by wrapping our Yale developed curriculum around the experience. So we partnered with Yale University to develop a social emotional learning curriculum. They did it to address children's mental health. We at North Shore Animal League America thought what better way to take it a step further, what better way to teach social emotional learning than to bridge it with humane education, with service learning in its foundation. So it's a way to immerse kids in learning, not to teach at them, but it's an experiential, experiential learning. So we wrap that around the experience of the dog in the classroom. And kids love to have any kind of animal come into the uh, classroom. Not just the kids, the educator. You can't believe how it just changes the whole community of the school, makes it feel um, like a family. And it's also teaching them about rescue, right? And that's why we wanted this. We did this to raise the status of the shelter pet and break the stereotype of what a therapy dog, a working dog is. Any dog can be, right, Tommy, a, um, a, a, a working dog. It's all about temperament, right. not every dog. It's all about if the dog wants to work, the dog can work. It's not like you're forcing the dog to do anything it doesn't want to do. Right, yeah. right. He's got the temperament. He's got the temperament. And we it. have all sorts of protocol to behaviorally evaluate the dogs. Then they go through certification. And it's a process. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work on the educator, but it changes. I can't tell you what it what it's done for children. I mean, really change their lives around having having the dog around. I can only imagine. I and I would love to interview some of these kids, you know, 20 years from now and see what they remember from that experience and, and how it impacted their lives in uh, positive ways. Yeah. We had one, well, we've had more than one teacher say, you know, we always, we have these meetings. We always say, oh, we only had a magic wand to, you know, help the kids. And they, they'll say, now we have the magic wand, yeah. you know, with, with the dog. And the curriculum is wonderful in the sense, um, it's impossible for the dog to see every single student every single day. Sometimes the students that don't interact with the dog, if you have huge schools, there's students that don't actually have that, you know, one-on-one -on -one or classroom experience. But that's why the curriculum, it resonates. It keeps the, the, um, the concept, the feeling through photos, through video, through lessons. It, um, that's the deliberate part is to teach through um, teaching these lessons that teach resilience, cultivate empathy, teach resiliency. All things we all need right now in our world, for sure. Oh gosh, especially now. Do you struggle to find foster homes for your animals? Are you struggling to communicate with your fosters and keep track of what they need? Introducing Foster Space, powered by Dubert, where recruiting and communicating with your fosters just got a whole lot easier. Need a new foster for an animal? Simply create the foster request in Dubert and it will automatically send to existing Dubert tiers and also post on your Facebook pages and groups. 
Need to communicate with your fosters? No problem. Dubert makes it easy to communicate via text with individual fosters or to get messages out to your different groups of fosters. Your fosters can even put in help desk style tickets for questions or supplies they need, and the Dubert system will help you keep track and stay organized. Check out Foster Space by signing in on your Dubert account today at www.dubert.com. So um, I, you guys had to get creative, I know, during COVID because the world was changing. So tell us about some of the things that um, you did during COVID that um, were different from the way you used to do things. Uh, so we had to develop a lot of virtual stuff. So a lot of our programming went digital. We went online. We started doing what we used to do was we would have um, we would do tours throughout the shelter. We would bring a class in. We would tour them around the shelter, show them all the dogs, show them where the cats lived, talk to them about how they live and how they get rescued and everything. Kids can't come to the shelter anymore. What do we do? We send a Zoom link out to the school and now the entire school, not just the one class, can tune in and watch us walk through the shelter, see all the dogs, ask questions to us, um, meet all the, the animals, where they live, how they live, how they get rescued. We also developed uh, author read aloud series where we get an author who wrote a book that about animals or empathy or anything that relates back to the curriculum. Uh, they read that story and then they talk to the students about maybe how they started to become a writer or maybe if they're an illustrator, how do they draw their cartoons in their in their books. Uh, we also st started doing webinars. So we would have the first one we did, I believe, was with Michael Tunisakis. Yep. Yeah. And it was really just a crash course on like, how do you get a dog into your school? How do you get this program to work for you? <laughs> and he he was great. He's he's always I love talking about. Yeah, we have but... wonderful, wonderful people, and the authors were wonderful too. They, yeah, we, the we, authors were all Scholastic great. Yeah. was wonderful. Scholastic, we partnered with Scholastic, and um, they gave us a list of authors that were excited to support kids and animals. That's what's so great. We get to help kids and mm -hmm. animals with our programming exactly yeah what about the town halls too and then we had um, then we had this, yeah. this tied into our we've always had the ambassador program which is where we uh identify students who want to become leaders in their community want to help rescue pets want to raise awareness for the rescue pets um so we had the idea of during covid bringing them all in a zoom meeting and having them exchange ideas with one another so wow. now we have kids all over the world talking about what they're doing, how they're helping. We even had, uh, last month, we had uh, Bosnia ambassadors from Bosnia, obviously, and uh, ambassadors from Maryland on at the same time. Uh, the ones from Bosnia were talking about how hard it is with all the, uh, the dogs on the street for them to, they try to raise money to take care of them, how hard it is for them. The Maryland ambassadors had a coin drive and donated all this money to the Bosnia ambassadors to help them. Oh, that's great. It was really great. Yeah, it was they, really sweet. Yeah, yeah, they raised $645. Yeah. It was because of the town halls. So, you know, COVID was awful. Tommy and I, every day when we're in schools, we see the um, negative impact and the angst that children are, you know, facing and in, in, as far as being social and so forth. And this is something good that came out of COVID is, is these virtual programs. It's like, we have to reach these kids. We have to help these kids. And, you know, some things we couldn't have even planned happened as we started to meet with schools. We were like, oh my gosh, we can actually, when we would like, I'd travel to California to go to a school. I might go to Arizona. 
now we can reach not just across our country, but other countries, and we can all be together and talk. So it it made us realize, maybe develop programs we wouldn't have thought maybe to develop, you know, right. when, you know, if COVID hadn't hit, not that we wanted COVID to hit, but they were so successful, we've kept them. And it's actually allowed us to reach more people um, and at the same at the same time too, yeah, you know, exactly. and these kids are wonderful. We'll set up rescues. We're working on a rescue right now in Antigua, where the kid we have shelter partners. So we have shelter partners across the country and some in other countries, and they're getting the animals. The kids will help get the animals ready in Antigua to board the flight and get them ready to take the journey. Then when the animals get here, we'll have New York City students take the animals off our mobile unit and get them ready for adoption. Then we have those students Zoom together and talk to each other about what they did. So it's just, you know, kids get to see, you know, New York, Brooklyn kids get to talk to kids in Appalachia. Um, you know, kids in Antigua will get to talk to kids, you know, from Long Island. So they're coming from different walks of life, different geography, different lifestyle, but working towards the same cause. And that's what we do um, with the service learning piece. That's deliberate too. It's not community service that kind of can have a bad connotation, right? And it's not just bringing a bag of lunch and dropping it off somewhere. It's where is there something in um, my community? Because we're always talking about community-based, you know, adopt from your local shelter, do good in your own community. So we're saying identify it. How can you make it better? Strategize, you know, have tactics, do it, go back, analyze how could we grow it? Maybe where could we have done better if we were totally successful? Then how do we keep going with this? How do we make it live on? And it's to empower kids, no matter what your age. I mean, our ambassador in Morocco, four years old. We have about five ambassadors in Bosnia, right, Tommy? Yeah, we have a ton. Which is one of them's three years old. Now, the, oh my reason, the reason they're so successful, and some people will go, oh, come on, three years. What can they do? Four, what can they do? They can do a lot. And the reason this program is great, because the only reason they're successful, well, because they're awesome to begin with, but because they have parent involvement. So that's the piece that educators are always challenged with. How do we get the parents involved? This gets the parents involved and working side by side with their mentor at school and their home, with with their home. Which, which leads me into ask the question about, um, so we talk a lot about dogs, but what about cats? Uh, so we just started a cat foster program, which like the school dog pro, similar to the school dog program, but it's still a little different. Yes. Um, we bring the cat into the classroom, but unlike the school dog program where someone is the pet parent of that uh, animal, this cat is up for adoption. So it's being fostered by this class. So the entire class is taking care of this cat and getting them ready to find their home. And we've already, did we already get two or three? Oh yeah, yeah. more, more. More than that. Because we have one up at our site. We have an offsite up in um, Saratoga Springs where it's just all cats. And then we work a lot in Puerto Rico where we rescue. So as Tommy said, with the school dog program, you have a pet parent, someone adopts a dog, it's a family dog. This is a foster program. Um, we had also, before Tommy, I, before Tommy came to North Shore, I developed a program at Rikers Island where I did a foster program with dogs. So it's wonderful because, um, well, let me just say, North Shore Animal League America, 
the organization is a leader as far as program development. We always tell kids really the way to solve a lot of problems in this world is through programming, right? Through programming. We couldn't do it without our volunteers, over 300 volunteers. We couldn't rescue all the animals we do without our foster parents. So now we're having, well, specifically BOCI schools. So in New York, BOCI schools are the technical high schools for kids who decide, you know, um, I don't want to spend the four years in college. I want to learn a skill right now and go out to work, which is so awesome. So the kids who um, are learning, the high school kids that are learning grooming or they're in animal science, and we're going to develop a program actually for the vet techs, kids who want to become vet techs. We put the cat. So we identify with the local shelter, cats that need fostering. The school then, the shelter drops, brings the cat to the BOCES classroom the BOCES classroom are awesome because the cat actually has a room dedicated to himself. So he's totally he's safe. Nice. It's set up for him. It's there. He's taken care of on the weekends. The kids take care of him, the educators. It's a whole school um, commitment and participation. And right now the BOCES up in Saratoga, there's a cat that was very overweight. So they're getting that cat done, which is with the cat, it's um, serious to um, be overweight in the sense how you lose the weight. They can actually get ill if they don't lose it slowly. So these kids are really working on getting this kitty in shape. And he's adorable. We have wonderful, wonderful video. And then in Puerto Rico, we rescue from Puerto Rico. They foster cats. Then we rescue. Then those cats actually come to our campus for adoption, where the foster cats from the BOCES tend to go directly from the BOCES into a home. Into a home. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that sounds wonderful. Um, I wish that they had programs like that when I was a kid. Um, oh, me too. Not that not that I necessarily needed them because, you know, I was that kid who's every... Uh, Every book report, every time I had to speak in front of the class, I was doing a program on spay and neuter your pets, stop mm -hmm. clubbing baby seals, um, you know, ban the ivory trade. You know, that was me as a as a little kid. And um, so I'm here I am as a big kid still talking about some of the same issues, but so thrilled that we're into the school systems and we're still talking about humane, humane education and uh, so many good reading programs for kids with dogs these days mm -hmm. as well. You have those, uh, yes. Yep, yep. And it's wonderful because kids who are afraid to read or struggle with reading, all of a sudden you put them in front of a dog or you know a puppy and their inhibitions are dropped. They feel safe. And that's what's wonderful about the dogs too. It, it really, they, they provide, and they just are, right? The dogs, they don't do anything. They just, they're dogs. <laughs> but they provide this atmosphere of safety. They provide an atmosphere of hope. And the children just start to read and they're not afraid if they start, you know, they're not embarrassed. They don't have shame, right? This shame, right. which can yeah. cripple us, as we all know, as even adults. Yeah. And it just, it, it, it's a safety. They, they provide this feeling of safe, a safe haven. So if I'm a young person or I'm a parent and I'm listening to the program today and I go, wow, that sounds really cool, but our school isn't doing anything like that. How can they get involved? Uh, you could go to education.mudagrees.org, check out everything we have there, sign up for our mailing list. Uh, our pre-K to eight curriculum is actually free uh, download online. Um, we have hard copies of high school. We have hard copies of all of them. We specifically have hard copies PDF, of, uh, yeah. PDFs of the high school. Um, 
or if you just have questions, info at mudagrees.org comes right to us. And yeah. Okay. Ask us anything and we'll answer it. Yeah. I think it sounds tremendous. Well, I've been on your website and uh, there's lots of tremendous information there. Uh, short videos that people can watch to get an introduction as well. Cute pictures of dogs and kids. Um, so lots of lots of good feel good moments there and then lots of good learning that's going on. So I, I really want to applaud um, the two of you as well as uh, North Shore Animal League America and all the good work that you're doing. Um, not only for animals, but for the children as well. That's how um, euthanasia as a means of population control is going to end, right? We need to educate the next generation. So it's, it's, a, it's a pathway to change, to make positive change happen for animals and people. Absolutely. So thank you. Keep up the good work and uh, I'll keep talking to folks like you on a weekly basis. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. And, um, and I will say it, I say it at the end of every show, until there are none, please adopt one. And um, for our listeners who, uh, we, we couldn't do this without you, thank you so much. You can find us on social media. You can find us at actforpets.org and all, all your favorite places on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, etc. And until next time, happy tales. Thank you, Peggy. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales!